I don't really want to work out, I work out. There's got to be those days you push through. And they're, they're probably going to be more numerous than the days you don't. Discipline equals freedom. And the more discipline you have as a human, the more freedom you're going to have. Are we good? Yeah. Full stop. We're now live. We're now live. <laughs> We're now recording. Yeah. Sorry, everyone. I'm still you, learning. You, you are getting there, mate. You are getting there. <laughs> it's a little bit better. Um, it wasn't half an hour this time. Let's go straight in and introduce um, young Kate sitting next to me. Um, oh, yeah, we've got another special guest. We've got another it? special guest. <laughs> Obviously, there's lots going on at the yeah. moment. Um, we're we're going to get into that in a little bit. But Kate, do you want to just introduce yourself? Yeah, no problem. Um, so my name's Kate Tottle. I'm a psychological well-being practitioner, or PWP. For That's easier. Bedford. Yeah, <laughs> it's much easier, isn't yeah. it? PWP for Bedfordshire Wellbeing Service. Cool. <laughs> And how long have you been doing that? I have finished my training um, a couple of months ago. Um, my training was about nine months, and then I was an assistant before that for about a year. So I've worked for the service for about two years, but I've only actually been qualified for a couple of months. So am I, and I'm right in thinking you actually um, specialise in men's yep. mental uh, health. I am the men's mental health champion, which is a new role for the service um, since January-ish time, so since I've become qualified. Cool. So, so I'm just going to jump straight in. Yeah, go for it. How, where did the role of men's sort of champion come from? Was there a big, was there a big need for it? Was there yeah. suddenly a... Yeah, definitely. So um, we're really aware that men's mental health services, well, mental health services are not accessed um, anywhere near equally by men. Um, so the access for men's within our service is around 32%. Um, which is obviously quite low when you think is, is that aware is that awareness or is that um men not being proactive about it and being embarrassed or whatever bit of both right. men don't talk about feeling yeah, yeah we don't want to talk about of, that might yeah, be seen as girly yeah. yeah um so yeah there's definitely we're also aware that you know men don't don't sort of manage their physical health very well either so they don't attend gp appointments as much as women do yeah. either and that kind of balances out once they retire so there's a little bit of a thought that men are more reluctant to take time off work um mm. need more kind of accessibility help kind of getting in um so we're doing a few things within the service which i can talk about a bit later um to kind of encourage that yeah the the oh, wow. general one thing that stands out that's interesting to me <laughs> is that you're not a man <laughs> no, I know, right? um, and so you know, not that you know <laughs> no, no. i would have any yeah, yeah. um problem yeah, with no. anyone coaching me or, or whatever that's yeah. um doesn't matter if it's a male or female but it was that a specific route that they went down or was it that you applied and you just got the job or <laughs> um well there's a couple of things i think within the service um within the sort of role that i have the pwp role we only actually have two men anyway uh, right. within our service um as pwps so that was part of it um but also sort of my kind of passion for sort of men's mental health is kind of personal to me as well so Okay. That's part cool. of it. <laughs> cool. Um, so, do you feel like there's not many men that's getting into your your field? Then is that one of the your, your yeah? I think it's still healthcare as a rule is still kind of uh, seen as kind of a women's role mm -hmm. um, a little bit. Um, it is kind of opening up more and more. But yeah, there's still historically any sort of psychology roles are sort of generally tended to be dominated by women. Yeah. So it's it's kind of hard to get people into it, and then obviously that kind of I think is reflected a little bit in our sort of customer intake as well because we don't see as many men yeah okay that's interesting so um you're how did you get into it like <laughs> if you're happy talking about that that'd yeah. be great um so we talked a little bit earlier my uh, i lost my dad when i was six to suicide um so that kind of mental health has always been a sort of personal 
um, journey for me. I, I've sort of struggled with depression as well through various times through my life. So I've kind of always wanted to work in psychology, um, mental health area. Um, I took a bit of a long way around to get there. I, I did my psychology degree back in a long time ago. <laughs> um, and I graduated in 2002. Um, and then I went into something completely different for 10 years. I worked in custody for 10 years. Um, right. And then I kind of found myself thinking, why am I doing this? I hate this job. Uh, I want to get back to what I'm actually caring mm. about. So I kind of w went back, retrained uh, as a PWP. Um, and then sort of like, and ever since then, I just love my job. So did you go and train to sort of learn a lot about yourself and, you know, coping mechanisms for, for what you went through? Yeah, I think there is a bit of that. I think um, I had access to service, um, our service sort of uh, five, six years ago before I started retraining and thing. And I found that really helpful in sort of helping me manage my depression. Uh, did a lot of learning about myself. Can I just yeah, ask... Yeah. Um, what was offered when you were a youngster then? So you said you, you, your dad was six. Oh, sorry, no, you were six. six. Yeah, um, nothing. Absolutely yeah. nothing. So has that changed now or is it still... Yeah, so there are now... Um, and to be fair, there may have been at the time, but I wasn't aware of them. My mum obviously wasn't aware of them. Mm. And she was streaming because I'm the middle of three girls. Right. So there were three kids. My mum was on her own. She had no family sort of around her. So support, if it was available, certainly wasn't offered. Um, but there are now sort of children and adolescent mental health services that are very, very good that are sort of geared up towards helping children. Um, and are they are these things that are automatically offered? And you know, God yeah. forbid this happens to anyone. But if they were to, to lose mm. a parent or loved one through yeah. through something like that, would someone come and find you and uh, and access? And, yeah, or or do you have to go out looking for it? Because if you're in that position where you know you're low and you're you're in a rut you're probably not even being mindful yeah. about any of those things yeah. so i think it's it's a tricky one because um a lot of the people who access our service will speak to their gp first and then they might self-refer to us or their gp might refer them um so i'm hopeful that if they're having those sort of conversations with their gp and the gp is aware of the sort of family i know within our service if someone came in and said you know i've had a bereavement i'm really struggling we'd say okay well you've also mentioned we also ask how many children you've got two children what's the impact on them i you know, notice any dif difficulties with them changes in behavior those sorts of things so we kind of flag it up but it is a little bit kind of reliant on someone to pick up on it unless people are sort of proactive about which asking. is worrying i would think yeah, and definitely. um obviously gps are under a lot of pressure anyway yeah, yeah. Mm. so so they um are you getting a lot of people that are being referred from the gp are you um the majority probably come through self-referral um so but then that doesn't necessarily mean that they haven't spoken to the gp first yeah. and the gp has kind of encouraged them to make yeah, the referral on their own way, yeah, yeah. I still think that's quite concerning in a way. Mm. I mean, it's great that people are self-referring, but there's yeah. there's obviously so many other people out there that are mm. yeah. in Not a bad way. And, and Do you think there's barriers to like self-referring? Oh, 100%. Like, you know, because we have people yeah. come into the gym who, you know, something has to happen for them to realise that actually, do you know what, I need to make a change or whatever it is. Yeah. And is it, do you feel there's more barriers to get over to go, like for me, if I'm dealing with something, I can be to go, God, I really need to go and speak to somebody. You know, is that yeah. is that harder to get over than going, God, I really need to lose some weight or I really need mm. to get fit and healthy? Do you think that's more, there's more... Yeah, stigma around it potentially. Yeah, yeah definitely. And probably for men as well, I definitely. would think. Yeah. Um, that's the challenging. It is really hard because I think there's there's a couple of different things. There's A, knowing the services there or knowing who to talk to. Yeah. And if you're 
even slightly reluctant to talk about how you're feeling then asking someone if they know who you can talk to opens that sort of maybe can of worms about okay well who do i talk to they now know that i have a problem yeah problem yeah yeah. It's that uh, like when you're with like I remember like, when we were a bit younger with my mates is you know it's not something we'd ever talk about. Do you know what I mean you don't yeah. you don't stand around and go, boys, I'm I'm really struggling with this 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 <laughs> and this. What what do you think about that? Everyone's like, yeah. you know, it's just not. Well, you don't even you wouldn't even you contemplate. Wouldn't, no, you wouldn't. Yeah. No, it's and just it's not really, talked about. And again, that comes from that young age, doesn't it? So do you think mm. then, if you know, we can get more kids that potentially have gone through stuff, it become more like social, not socially accepted, but more mm. kind of like. Of course, go and speak to someone, and if you can get it into kids earlier, yeah. that will then transcend into yeah, sort of like point. later life and kind of go yeah. from there. It would be yeah, and it's really hopeful, and I think it's happening in pockets. Right. Like there are areas where it's starting to sort of get better and better, yeah. and I think even if you look at where we were ten years ago, we've come a long way so from far. them. Yeah, but there's still so much more work to do, and I, for me, I feel like in particular, there's certain industries that are very reluctant to talk about mental health and like I said I mentioned I worked in custody for 10 years and people did not talk about mental health there because it was all oh man I'll get over it mm. you know all that kind of very lad culture kind yeah, of yeah. bantery mm-hmm. don't talk about it you, you know suck it up and get on with it um which is really really harmful when you think about you know people really really struggling with their mental health yeah to kind of face that every day like, like Nick just made a point so are schools doing enough to you know are they doing educational pieces on speaking to people and I, I don't know, I, I, <laughs> no, I don't know. know. Well, it must be really hard because <laughs> yeah. what, did, what did your parents tell you when you were younger what was one apart from don't get in strangers class don't talk to strangers <laughs> and then all of a sudden we're Can trying to encourage people, people. We're yeah. tr- to go and speak to strangers yeah. about how, how, how you're feeling I do Just think like, like you said I do mm. think it's a lot different now than it was 10 years ago and although social media can be a terrible thing and it can add to anxiety and depression and everything mm-hmm. it can also deliver good messages and yeah. when mm-hmm. you've got you know celebrities or you know football footballers mm-hmm. talking about mental health i think that is a that is a positive thing especially Huge. for young young men as well i guess it's yeah. like it's, it's role models isn't it you yeah. need role models that are talking about it in a positive way and yeah. all the good things that are happening and can happen and the help that's out there and things like that but i guess it's how do you get you know, for me, mm. if David Beckham started talking about me- when you know when I was younger. If David Beckham spoke about mental health and it's really important to go and speak to people mm. and do that sort of stuff, straight away I'd be like, you. I want to be like David Beckham. So <laughs> yeah. Yeah. that's yeah. what I, that's what I would do. You know, if I ever was struggling or anything. So, you know, are there enough am- ambassadors out there that are mm. are there? You there know? are. I mean, like my one of my favourites is The Rock. He's oh, been yeah. talking about depression and there's this great picture of him in the gym, you know, just finished benching or whatever. Yeah. And he's like, yeah, go on then tell me depression it means that you're weak. And it's like, yay. Yeah, it's a positive really message. Positive role model. And it's like, yeah, that we need, we do need more of that. And we need more people not just saying that they've had mental health difficulties, but that they have ongoing problems and that they have had treatment that's been helpful as well. Because I think a lot of people underestimate how easy it is to, to get treatment and how effective mm-hmm. it can be. Um, so yeah, like CBT is as um, cognitive behavioural therapy. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, no, I think <laughs> um, we have. I think we've discussed that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We yeah. Have yeah. Um, on the podcast. So yeah, so CBT has been shown to be as effective as antidepressants. Oh wow! So I think there's this also this kind of part of the barriers thing is that a worry that you know if I tell you that I have a mental health problem, are you just going to shove me tablets or give me antidepressants? That's that's what happened to me. So I mm. I went. I've spoke about it before, but I mm. I went through some period of depression when I was younger in my early 20s and I remember mm. going to the doctor and the first thing that was offered was um, mm. yeah exactly and yeah. 
I don't for whatever reason I didn't end up taking it but mm. um, maybe I should have done maybe I shouldn't I don't know but um, yeah that was the first thing that was offered to me so um, mm. and I don't think I was offered anyone to, to talk, talk to, to or yeah. Is that is that because you went to the doctors and at that time it was like I've got fifteen minutes to assess, treat, Maybe. see, um, and mm. I've got hit certain numbers, whatever. So it's like, just take this and it'll deal with the you know your yeah. like like if you feel low or whatever it is. And, and you know we've spoke about that before. It's potentially masking the pain rather yeah. than actually dealing with it, Treating which is yeah. exactly which is a big part of what a, CBT a, is about. Right. Yeah. 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 Um, it must be really difficult because you like we're incredibly lucky in the fitness industry is the mm. fact that we can share a before and after. Yeah. It's like person came in looking like this. Yeah. We we offered these in, these interventions. Yeah. Made it fun and now they look like this. Yeah. Whereas you can't tell if someone's dealing with mental health issues. Yeah. How do you then share success stories yeah. to yeah. you know promote it and be like a person in this photo, because you know, person in this photo here looks the same as they do in here. However, you know, yeah. CBT is in the middle, but you can't, you know, can you tell that? I don't know. I guess it's people being confident enough to, to share, share their story. That afterwards. Yeah, it's really hard because I've had an amazing story recently with somebody I worked with who their first appointment, um, they were being um, treated for agoraphobia and panic disorder. So her first appointment, she came in to see me. She got a friend to bring her. Her appointment's for 11 a.m. and she sat in the car park from 6 a.m. in the morning because she didn't want to be near other people. At the time, she ran up with her friend, sat in the waiting area until I arrived. She sat there shaking like a leaf the entire oh, wow. way through oh. her first session. Um, absolutely terrified. Um, and then obviously went home as soon as it had finished. We had six sessions together um, and the majority of them were over the phone. Um, so then on her last session, she came back to see me at the at the um, where I work. Mm. Um, she brought herself on the bus. She wow. came in on her own, absolutely confident. Like, and that's how quick, well, p- panic is particularly effective. The okay. CBT for panic is particularly effective. But that's how quickly things can change. Mm. And, and, and yeah, one of my best success stories. Yeah. And that must be so re- rewarding for yeah, you. Yeah, it was it amazing. I was buzzing for weeks off of that yeah, one. Yeah, yeah. 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 Life change. That's what we always say. We're like, we started mm. Joneses, and we just said, if if out of all of it, we can change one person's life, or if one person mm. says, do you know what, it, it's because of those those two that my life is now better. I'll be like, mission accomplished. Done. Yeah. And you know, I, I guess for you as well, it's like we mm. will continue to work like that hasn't happened. You know, because yeah. that's got to be that constant motivation and stuff like that. But talk about job satisfaction. Like <laughs> yeah. Oh, now and again, you think, do you know what? I am I am really helping people in what I'm what I'm doing which is so powerful yeah so is it usually a six week um, very different so um, we have levels of intervention so what I do is work within what we call low intensity Um, so low intensity is designed to be kind of the least intrusive so the majority of work is either group work online or over the telephone um, and those tend to be sort of six sessions ish. Right. So we're targeting that kind of people with maybe coming in for the first time, mild to moderate sort of difficulties. Um, people that we feel appropriate will will sort of um, respond well to that kind of short term intervention. And just to be clear, this is all government funded. Yes, so NHS funded. Yeah. So yeah, completely free. Um, then we have the higher intensity work, um, which is tends to be between ten and sixteen sessions, usually an hour face-to-face we do have some groups for that for that level as well so you can have the option to do it in a group um which is obviously then uh, slightly longer sessions so two-hour sessions for the groups um and they tend to go sort of go on for a bit longer so you might have 10 to 16 sessions rather than six um 
and we have some different sort of variations in terms of work that we do. So what? So when you say like low intensity and high intensity, can mm-hmm. you sort of elaborate? So if we've got any listeners that might be struggling yeah. and they go, I don't know if you what, know, that is. what that is and how, what does that potentially yeah. affect me? Could I? Can I go for this? What? Yeah. So like, what? If someone wanted to sort of work, weren't unsure if they needed help yeah. or what to do, um, they could go onto our website and fill in a self referral form, and then we'd give them a call back and we'd arrange an assessment. And then one of us, somebody from our service, would give yeah. them a call and we'd do a 45-minute telephone assessment, which gives us an idea to understand the difficulties that they're having, um, any kind of history. It's quite an in-depth assessment, so okay. it's kind of a lot of information. We then discuss it within the service. So I would go to my supervisor. Um, she, we would sort of talk through the, the case together and we'd come up with a treatment plan, which we think is going to benefit the most. Amazing. Then we go back to the patient and say, right, here's what we think. How do you feel about these options? And they have the opportunity to say, well, actually... You know, I don't think that's right for me or I think mm-hmm. I'd rather have some counselling or something like that. Right. Um, so it's kind of quite collaborative and we try and be quite collaborative as a process Yeah. to kind of get people able to feel like they're in control of this, the process as well. So they would just go onto the NHS's website? Yep, so it's bedfordshirewellbeingservice.com. Okay, well done. <laughs> <laughs> little plug in there. Um, no, absolutely. Or, or they can call us. Um, they can, Yeah, so website, email us, call us. Again, it's kind of trying about access making access as easy as possible um so they can do it through the gp as well if they wanted to but they don't need to equally it can be just straight straight up straight so, so yeah. do you exclusively deal with men or do you deal no, with women as well yeah. I, I i sort of so the service we're um, adult service so we're we do see people who are 16 and 17 in full-time education um but generally we sort of see 18 overs as a yeah. rule um but yeah we see all, all sort of walks of life um, any kind of genders or ages you know what's really interesting I know I, I brought the point up about you um, obviously mm. being a female and mm-hmm. not a, a man mm. I think personally I would, I would go and see anyone but I actually would feel more comfortable with Speaking a female For, I don't know I, why I, do you know what generally I thought that when, when you yeah. were saying that yeah, I, thought, yeah. I suddenly put myself in that situation is that but, but then but that but but yeah. the, the whole point is, is you mm. want to put up a front. Yeah. If it was a man, like, 100%. oh, you know, I'm yeah. showing you my weakness, Macho. sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Which is ridiculous because. It is. But I genuinely, I put myself in that <laughs> yeah, situation. Um, yeah. Actually, I thought, oh yeah. Actually, do, do people ever comment on that, or do um, you? Yeah. So um, we wouldn't generally offer the choice unless no. it was brought up by the patient first. But right. then sometimes, if we were to do an assessment with someone who. Uh, for example, was um, domestic violence victim right, or something yeah, yeah, like yeah. that. Um, then we might say, "Would you be comfortable with a male therapist? Would you prefer a female?" That sort yeah. of thing. So yeah, there I'm is a little bit of choice. I'm there. sure people mm. think that about trainers as well, yeah, and coaches. Yeah. Like, yeah. Um, you know, we often talk about, especially like working with like males and females and things like that. It's like, you know, Nikki, uh, you know, works predominantly with ladies because yeah. she's a lady and deals with lady things and under and you know has walked that walk so understands it better you know yeah. i think that you know potentially on the flip side of that speaking to a male yeah. um like counselor or something mm. he's someone who has probably felt all those same things that you know potentially i have felt if, if i'm in that yeah. situation i mean it works both ways it works doesn't, both it? Ways, yeah. doesn't it yeah because <laughs> yeah. you walk that walk so you understand what yeah the the you know the potential social pressures of yeah, what it means I mean, to be a man and i'm never really stuff, but I'm never going to be able to talk to a woman about menopause, really, and my experience of <laughs> no, it. Like, no, that's the, you know, yeah. But, um, yeah, it's, it's interesting, isn't it? Um, yeah. Cool. Absolutely. Yeah, I like that. So, yeah, I know. Um, so you said as well, so in terms of, like, cases and things like that, so mm. low intensity and high intensity, can you kind of elaborate on what those, like, what is a, what is low intensity oh, okay. and what is high intensity? I'll do my best. Yeah. Um 
So low intensity, so I would deal with anyone suffering with symptoms of anxiety, depression, panic disorder, phobias, um, and they would be classic sort of step two cases. So how do you grade that? Because obviously we all suffer from anxiety and, you know, elements of depression. And actually anxiety is pretty normal. You're like, we don't want to get rid of anxiety completely. No, I mean, it's 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 a a good, yeah, it's a helpful thing, right? Yeah. 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 Sometimes it could save your life yeah yeah, yeah exactly, exactly. Yeah. like not scared in front of I mean, that light and then you've got there's, <laughs> you've got, there's you've got a problem so yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean obviously we're probably going to come on to talk about coronavirus but we probably <laughs> yeah. should be mm. a little bit anxious Just about it and anxious yeah. about washing your hands and um, yeah. keeping a bit of distance but. yeah so instead <laughs> of moderating it um, I guess there's a couple of things so anxiety yeah we said is normal it depends on how much impact it's having on you. If you're feeling like anxiety, depression, anything really is having a really significant impact on you. Stopping, stopping you leave your life. Things, yeah. Exactly. Um, then we kind of think, okay, well, that's normally an issue. And we talked a little bit earlier about when people refer. Um, and you, I think you were saying, Nick, about when you know something happens and then people do it. It is. It's when people have to stop work or there's an argument right. at home or it's causing some friction somewhere mm-hmm. that that kind of triggers people to ask for help. Um, and ideally we want them to sort of do that beforehand but yeah. people do have this kind of oh, I'm fine I can manage I can keep going until something happens that kind of shows to them that they can't um, but in terms of grading it um, we do use sort of questionnaires that are kind of standardised questionnaires for sort of measuring symptoms we kind of do them but take them with a pinch of salt and kind of try and listen to what the patient's saying as well um, it might be that you kind of you're not necessarily scoring very high for symptoms of depression Um which would be kind of feeling very unmotivated, feeling really tired, not wanting to do anything, kind of withdrawing from things. Um, But you might not be scoring very high. um, And we'd be saying, okay, well, you're not necessarily scoring high on these, but you're saying that you're actually feeling really low, feeling very unmotivated, Mm. feeling really Mm. tearful all the time, um, not wanting to do anything, or irritable for men, particularly irritable and angry is quite a big symptom. So, yeah, if you're having those symptoms, then we'll we'll sort of say, okay, well, that sounds like it's more, maybe more severe. Because it's, it's, it must be really difficult because, like, what at what point, you know you said about, like, until something mm. prevents your daily life from happening or whatever. Yeah. So I, I'll, I'll just put it in, like, when I, like, I've dealt with hip pain for, or had dealt with hip pain for a long, long time, and it was mm. just part of my daily life. It becomes, like, it was just, it's just what I do. Wake up in the morning, my hip hurts a little bit, da-da-da, that sort of things. Yeah. At what point does someone turn around and say, no, actually, I shouldn't be feeling, like, this, yeah. lo- this low, or... You know, someone who's a bit down or whatever. It's just I'm. That's just me. I'm just a bit down. I'm a bit. You know. I'm, yeah. At yeah. what point do you say actually? Yeah. Uh, like how do how do you grade? How do you, how, know, do you, how do you say when when's enough enough? Yeah. Or when, if that's mm. all you've if you've always been like that. Yeah. That uh, you yeah. say that's me. That's and you, me. Yeah. 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 That's so the like, same for anything though. Like you know, there's people out there that will be listening to this that can't get to sleep at night. And mm. you know what, they and, and they might have been going me. they might have been going through that for ten years yeah. and yeah. never gone and spoke to someone yeah. or got yeah. advice. Yeah. So how does yeah. how do how do we break that? How do we get past that and say, you know, because not everyone's happy all the time. It's normal not to be happy yeah. all the time and things like that. But yeah. at what point you know, well, does that become depression? I guess. It's like, yeah. You know, if I don't like social situations, is that just because that's me, or is it because it makes me feel anxious in those situations? I you know I don't yeah. deal well with them, so therefore I avoid them. But is that is that anxiety or is that just being yeah. normal? Cause, yeah, because we're, we're all different yeah. as well. Yeah, we're all different. Are, yeah. yeah and like, the things that I like must like make other people feel absolutely terrified yeah. and things yeah. like that. 
heights. Yeah, exactly. And <laughs> yeah. other people be like, yeah. I love that. Public that speaking. Pete, some yeah. people absolutely love it and some people yeah. would go, oh. It's like no. what we do in the studio. I hate doing the warm-ups every single time. That's my <laughs> least favourite section of any workout is the warm-up. Yeah. I don't know why, but it just you makes... Mean. It makes me... It fills <laughs> me with, like, dread and anxiety. But is that normal? I, like... Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. Should I go and speak to someone about Because everything else, I'm like, yeah, get me up there. Get me, you know, <laughs> deliver classes. I'll do classes all day, every day. It doesn't bother me. Post trained. Mm. But in that moment of explaining the session and doing the warm up, for me, that like, oh, that Proper gets, anxiety. That gets me And that is actually yeah. a really good point. Now, obviously, you don't want people wasting your time or really any NHS's time. So yeah. you'd probably I've advise seven years so, so <laughs> I was going to say yeah. you probably would advise Nick not to go yeah. to bring your service for something like that so how, yeah. how do you judge that as a person well, I think you kind of said it as you were going along so yeah, I've, but I've been doing it for seven years you're like you're still doing it even mm. though it's making you anxious yeah. you're still coming in every day and you're sort of struggling through it and you kind of know that it will pass when you kind of feel well, as soon as the session starts yeah. Yeah, yeah. you'll get right, into it going now. it's having a detrimental effect to yeah. his health though so for example he might not be sleeping yeah. because of it if you weren't um, sleeping or you know if you started, started um, avoiding work on those days right. or kind of coming in late because you know you could get out of it or wriggle out okay. of it in certain ways we'd say that's definitely kind of a right, bit of a yeah. red flag right. okay. trying to kind of manipulate situations so you don't have to deal with things yeah, yeah. is always a bit of a one to watch out for god and then you've got but then you'll guess on the flip side of that you've got to recognise that that is what, what you're doing you're doing like yeah. those behaviours that you're doing is like, and oh, you're yeah. probably not going to recognise those behaviours so no. yeah it must be incredibly difficult mm. to notice that yeah, that's when your partners or you know bosses or you know whoever else is in your life turns oh. start listening to them and saying, "You keep doing this. Why do you keep doing this? Oh, because mm. I'm trying to avoid it." Mm. Yeah. And that's that self-realization moment. Yeah. Oh, oh, that's when you see people coming into the service. Or quite often, oh, my wife said I've got to come into the service. Okay, why has she said that? Oh, I don't know. I'm fine. And then you sort of dig away a little oh, bit more, yeah. and it all slowly comes out. Is that sometimes like a challenge for you? Yeah, a little gonna, bit. Are you, yeah. You, I guess part of your thing is trying to build up a rapport so they they trust you mm, yeah and can open up yeah and that's hard because quite often if i'm assessing somebody i won't necessarily be the one treating them so we you know we all do assessments and we all sort of will assess people that we won't necessarily treat so you want to make sure that 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 first introduction to the service is good and um and they feel confident in in terms of what's happening what's going to happen next um, and feel comfortable within sort of 10 minutes to be able to tell you yeah. everything that's gone on and you think you know that's quite a big that level is, of yeah. trust yeah, someone's huge. having Cause yeah, especially yeah. if they've I mean know, these if these are your deepest darkest secrets and thoughts that yeah. you've been holding on to for years to let it all out in you know a quick how long's the session did you say 45 minutes yeah. usually an hour max yeah so it's yeah and you, and you sometimes you, you sort of will start chatting to someone and they'll be absolutely fine and then you sort of get to the point where I sort of say, okay, so what kind of do you feel like the problem is at the moment? What's kind of led you to the service? And they'll just go, well, and then it just then like that, yeah, breaks yeah, down and it's really, like yeah. completely like, it's okay, it's fine. And mm. we just, you know, sort of take your time to kind of come back through that and slowly. And the number of people who say like, oh, I'm really sorry, I'm being silly. And you're like, no, yeah, absolutely not. <laughs> yeah. Do you do you actually see, um, you in that 45 minute session, mm. you probably see a, whole host of different psychological and physiological mm. movements of the person you know yeah. they'll probably potentially come in more confident and how are you doing and then they'll dip and then 
yeah. at the end of the session do you feel like sometimes a weight's been lifted off their shoulders definitely i think you sometimes get people who, who kind of finish the assessment and a lot of our assessment well the majority of our assessments are phoned so you're not even right. necessarily seeing right. the physical side of it but you do kind of hear in people's voices and quite often you'll get to the end of it and just sort of say well i'll give you a call back in a couple of days to sort of talk through some treatment options with you and they'll be like oh thank you i just i feel so much better just having got it off my chest and it's sometimes it's literally all that all that they needed was yeah. to just get it out yeah and that helps i mean it's not solving the problem no, 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 but no. in the short yeah. term it's getting it out of their head yeah yeah which is huge yeah. yeah sometimes like we'll find when we've got loads of stuff going on at work and sometimes just writing all down on a bit of paper yeah and suddenly you go i've only written down four things yeah. <laughs> but you've been got, yeah. in, my in my head i've got a thousand yeah. like it feels like a thousand and stuff yeah like that. And, and like you say it's just talking about it sometimes yeah like, makes you feel makes you feel better do you feel um, you get better results on the phone or speaking with people face to face or does it completely depend on the scenario and the person? Yeah, it does completely depend on the person. Um, so at step two, the sort of low intensity stuff that I do, um, the majority of it is telephone work. And, you know, unless someone has a specific need to have it sort of all face to face, we wouldn't offer that for low intensity. But what I happens think if my anxiety is speaking on the phone? <laughs> then we would really consider good, maybe really having you in for face yeah. because a lot of people do yeah. struggle with that. I, yeah, I don't like talking on the phone. Right. It, like, I for me, I, I, I don't enjoy it. I, if I, you know, I'll often let it ring, go to voicemail, and then deal with it. And, and then email deal with it afterwards. Text yeah, yeah. You know, and you're not in, alone. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. Yeah. So, how does someone you know who who doesn't like speaking on the phone? How do they get that first appointment? Is there a is there a way around that? Yeah, you know, there is. There if is. you were ringing in and saying, or, you know, emailing or whatever it might yeah, be. Yeah, your preferred <laughs> moment, but, yeah, your preferred exactly. way of communication. You would sort of, we would sort of say, okay, if, you, if you're really sort of struggling and it's going to impact you being able to access a service, then yeah. we'll arrange for a face-to-face. Right. So we do do it, um, but we just kind of try not to um, do it too much. I mean, it sounds awful. Um, mm-hmm. It's not about kind of restricting people, but if we can work over the telephone then oh, we can so all much. work more flexibly yeah, we can see more people yeah because yeah, you can go back to back then can't you? it's literally like end exactly. one call notes next, next person one. yeah I'm, I'm going to bring it up now because we're going to talk <laughs> about it anyway but I guess you can still do your job in and around mm-hmm. the whole thing with coronavirus because you can yeah. speak to people yeah. over the phone do you get, would um, you ever do it um, that, yeah, like, that's what I was going like to say. Like on that. Zoom or something, like face to face, like on camera. Yeah. So one of the biggest projects that we're working on at the moment within the service to, is, is to increase our digital capacity. Yeah. yeah. Um, part of the reason I've been quite invested with that already is because we, because um, for men, for men's sort of access, mm-hmm. we think it would be easier for them to access. Um, we did uh, a webinar recently for yeah. for men's mental health, um, which kind of. I think it's just because you can then log into it whenever you want. I was just going to say that so people mm. could have access to that at, at this point now. Yeah, so that's yeah. something we could share after we, we yeah, recorded today. So we'll definitely do that. So that's a webinar now. that anyone can... Yeah, so it was men's mental health focusing more on the kind of depression symptoms um, and the sort of low intensity type, type stuff. And again, if, if men or, or women are, aren't feeling confident in reaching out for mm-hmm. whatever reason... What it's a way such, to start. What a way to start, <laughs> yeah. get your foot in the door, so to yeah. speak, and... Yeah. Um, because oftentimes it, it isn't as scary as you think. No, is it? no. That's the thing. Actually, you, you know you'll feel better for it, but yeah. actually having that little sort of, t- I guess, taster beforehand yeah. to go, oh, actually, God, that really did help. Then, you let, know, let me this, speak is, to this is something I do need to pursue. Yeah. And it's like, here are some basic things that you can start doing immediately that are going to make Brilliant. a difference. So it's not even, you know, that you necessarily need to access treatment fully. But, you know, if you're thinking, oh, I have been feeling a bit low for a few weeks now, maybe I should have a look into it. Ooh. 
have a look at the webinar. Although so. we're going to share all that stuff, perhaps <laughs> we, we, we go there now. So yeah. what are the, what are yeah, some... What can people do? <laughs> um, so it was quite funny when you were talking earlier about writing stuff down yeah. because for CBT, we're all about sort of writing things down using diaries, worksheets, challenging thoughts. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of the stuff that I do with uh, patients at the moment is about sort of diaries, goal setting, where do you want to be in six weeks? Mm-hmm. Um, okay, what needs to change? And recognising without getting too technical, I'll talk a little bit about CBT. So cognitive behavioural therapy is looking at the cognitions, the thoughts, mm-hmm. um, the behaviours and the behavioural side of it and the physical symptoms. We can't do much about the physical symptoms a lot of the time. We can sort of do medication for anxiety things, but generally the way to change the physical symptoms, so for depression that would be like feeling unmotivated, feeling really tired, not wanting to do anything, is to change the thoughts and the, and the um, behaviours. So. Wow. If you're feeling really low, you don't want to do anything, you don't go out, you don't see friends, mm-hmm. you start dropping out of things. So a lot of the work we would do would be encouraging you to sort of get back into doing those things that you used to enjoy. And that kind of brings with it its own sort of self-increasing motivation and yeah. sort of increasing your sense of reward from doing those things. Mm-hmm. It snowballs then. Yeah, <clears throat> and it, it's the opposite basically of what's happening when you're feeling low and yeah, you're not yeah, doing yeah. anything. You, that gets worse and worse and worse and then it's the same for anxiety if you're feeling very anxious about things you tend to procrastinate put things off ask for reassurance a lot of the time check things to make sure everything's okay and again it's kind of just reversing some of those behaviors so that it's having a better impact on your physical health it's funny you mentioned about writing stuff down when if i feel anxious and overloaded with stuff mm-hmm. um yeah nick's just looking up <laughs> uh, up at a board there with coronavirus written in the middle of it and our um our plan going forward but mm-hmm. um writing stuff down uh, to-do lists for me it's just so powerful because mm-hmm. there's something satisfying About just ticking, it off. ticking yeah. it off crossing it off and it just gives you a bit of momentum and like oh i'm achieving yep. so even if that's i don't know drinking a glass of water and putting that on your to-do list i don't know but there's something powerful about ticking it off and and going through that motion it was really interesting you said about you almost flipped it back onto the person that you're talking to yeah and saying well what do you what you know what do you do that makes you feel good and that sort of stuff so is that is that what a lot of it is it's kind of like not leading questions as such but it's kind of like it's almost like i'm helping you but you're doing the work you're answering the questions they've got the answers they've got the answers yeah so particularly at step two um it is not it's not i'm the coach you're the patient or i'm the you know i'm the expert you're the patient yes i have some knowledge of cbt um but you're the expert in your own symptoms so you know what's happening for you and i know the tools that we need to use so between like the three of us the tools the patient and myself we we work it out together but it is all about you know the onus of the patient sort of taking ownership and learning the stuff and then putting it into practice so it sounds quite similar then so like you know we sit down and and talk to clients you know new clients for the first time Mm. and nine times out of ten the catchphrase is i know what i should be doing (laughs) but i'm not yeah do you find that you the similar stuff or is it because it's a a fit oftentimes we all know we need to move more eat more fruits vegetables Mm. and that sort of stuff so that's like kind of factual Mm -hmm. whereas feelings and stuff like that i guess uh, would you say less factual so yeah, i guess they're... you've got m- different playbook in order to because yeah. if i'm feeling down i don't know why some I'm of the, some of these yeah. issues i guess are so deep rooted and they might not have even explored these things in their mind for mm. 10 20 50 years or whatever right. yeah it's a really it's really interesting actually because every patient is different and every patient has come to the service for diff- completely different reasons yeah. 
but generally the symptoms are all fit in the same hmm. are the same so yeah, the symptoms yeah, yeah. of depression are still going to be the things and that's what we work on yeah. so whereas counseling would be quite um and we do sort of do have some scope to offer counseling with the service so it's not something we don't offer but counseling sort of does tend to kind of go back into the past and maybe look at some of these things where have they come from what's kind of going on what's led you to this cbt is kind of very much more focused on okay you're feeling really low at the moment we can fix that by doing this this and this so it's quite practical whereas we wouldn't necessarily look at why you're tired or what kind of led on to this bout of depression we're looking at just fixing the symptoms that they are now could you argue then it's a little bit more of a quick fix than counsel i don't want to like no, no, no. Yeah. I, I think i think it can be yeah um i think there are times when cbt isn't and it definitely isn't right for everybody mm-hmm. um because i think is quite often if there is something deep-seated underlying this kind of constantly going back into a cycle of depression yeah then you do need to kind of fix that and understand why that keeps coming up as a problem but what we tend to see happening more is that people slip into this cycle because something negative has happened and that has maybe changed how they feel about themselves or something kind of minor but then it's basically built on and built on by getting into that kind of vicious cycle of not going out not wanting to do anything and that's a relatively easy fix like you say but then it doesn't necessarily mean that the situation that happened will happen again if that makes sense mm-hmm. so i could waffle to that one no no no, no. <laughs> so if if someone for example loses their job that might cause them to sort of slip into a depression but it's the maintaining of it that causes the problem and stops them being able to move forward so once we get that out of that cycle it's unlikely then that they'll be in the same situation again because it's unlikely that they'll go on and then immediately lose their job again yeah are you concerned with what's going on at the moment and you know you just mentioned job losses yeah and anxiety will be through the roof with lots of people for lots of different reasons Mm. fear of losing loved ones fear of losing their job Mm. fear of not being able to exercise or socialize Mm. or you know it is really hard um, have you have you felt any of it yet or or do you feel you have yeah absolutely within the service um you know everyone that i've in, in the last couple of weeks I would say it's come up 10, 10 plus times people have mentioned if not more um, with people sort of saying and it and it, the difficult thing is for anxiety for example is that fear of the unknown and fear of mm. not being able to cope with the unknown so you know it is really hitting people hard um, there is some really good advice on Anxiety UK uh, website in terms of dealing with coronavirus at the right, moment. You can share that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I can email you the link. Yeah. Um, and the World Health Organization website as well is really good. For the thing is, it, it, it's such a fast moving thing and yeah. we, we don't know. It's like, changing what's hourly. the date today? It, it's it changing hourly. It was daily, now Paddy's it's hourly. It is. Oh, yeah, it is. I mean, even that, like, so mm. the pubs in Ireland are shut, right? Yeah so there's businesses yeah, there that are going to be oh, yeah but they're probably taking that. months worth of yeah yes yeah. yeah it's having a massive impact on people and it is that kind of fear of what could happen next or and and it's kind of leading to people wanting to control the environment that they're in so they're maybe buying, heard, panic buying and things yeah. like that I, so, oh so it's so it's, yeah so they're the things they can control yeah so it gives them a sense of control so over maybe. this crazy situation that we've yeah. got realistically got no control over yeah 
So yeah. is there anything, that's a hard thing with anxiety. Yeah, I was going to say, so it, what are the things then that if someone is, is struggling with anxiety, mm-hmm. you know, that's listening now about coronavirus, yeah. is there anything that you could, it may, I don't know, is it too specific case by case? You can mm. say it depends. Is there anything <laughs> that you could as like general stuff, general pop stuff yeah. that people could do? Just go out there and get toilet roll now. <laughs> <laughs> Push <laughs> everyone out of the way. Is not panic no. buying food and things like that? <laughs> you know. Yeah, so I would say be, if you're finding that you're getting yourself, um, finding yourself very stressed or anxious or low (coughs) if you're sort of spending a lot of time on social media Mm -hmm. stop doing it um it's not it's kind of it's again it's kind of feeding into that wanting to be prepared and wanting to be on top of things but actually like limit the time of day so have a set time every day where you're going to update use reputable news services to get that information so it's quality Hmm. information it's not facebook's friend of a friend said you should gargle vinegar which is not helpful don't do that Um, I've tried, it's painful. Yeah, yeah. it's not a good idea. And you have terrible breath. Yeah. yeah. Like, um, so, yeah, use World Health Organization, um, BBC, kind of, you know, reputable news sources. Follow government advice, wash your hands regularly. Um, but, yeah, try not to sort of spend too much time sort of checking social media and, and news. Limit it to sort of once or twice a day. There's going to be lots of people that are, are worried about their families, naturally. Mm. And, um mm-hmm. I guess there's not really much advice. You, I mean, you can't say stop worrying, can no, you? No, that's the worst thing you can uh, say. That's the worst thing, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Unfortunately, the, the truth of the matter is people are dying and, yeah. you know, I don't want to sound... No, no, cavalier, but yeah. Because yeah. I've, I've got a quote in front of me here. So I've got, please be understanding of people with anxiety in this uncertain time. The talk mm. of illness and death can trigger health anxiety. Mm. Stocking up on food can trigger eating disorders. Promoting excessive hand washing can trigger OCD you know mm. where the, I mean the last point we've got to promote <laughs> mm. uh, I, I, but, mm, but yeah. people that have, that that impacts their lives yeah. you know like I can't leave the house till I've washed my hand four times and things like that yeah. you know where is there things that we can be doing or should be promoting you know messaging that mm. you know could potentially help these people help these people yeah it's really interesting because I was reading in an article in the Guardian yesterday about OCD and the spike after every uh, sort of major national health crisis so for example after you know when hiv and aids was sort of all um Mm. happening in the 80s um people then had uh, an increase in health anxiety and ocd around symptoms of aids and hiv um and similarly every time we've had like a the sars one um a few years ago and all the sort of major health epidemics we've had leads to a sort of increase in cases of health anxiety and ocd so yeah and it is because you're sending the message that the ocd is around um intrusive thoughts like if i don't wash my hands something bad is going to happen yes i'm going to catch which it which leads to the behavior yeah rather right. than kind of these compulsions that people have that everyone sort of associates with ocd um so yeah so kind of telling people who have ocd and, and need to wash their hands that they should be washing their hands or they're not washing their hands well enough um can make make it worse mm. you know make and lead to those kind of things um if someone is sort of struggling with that, I would say get in, get in contact with the service sooner yeah. rather than later. Sort of get get support now before yeah. it kind of feels like would you say the same to someone who, you know, has a fear of losing loved ones and things like yeah. that with everything that's going around <laughs> about people are dying from this and things yeah. like that. Would would you recommend the same yeah. reach out for some help and yeah. it's you know, it can be it can be helped by speaking to somebody. Yeah, absolutely. So health anxiety, fear of, of something bad happening to yourself or a loved one. Yeah. Um definitely something again we work with you know fairly regularly so it's definitely worth getting in touch sooner rather than later and it's not 
it's it is kind of about trying to sort of um although obviously everyone's a little bit anxious it, again it kind of comes back to that impact that it's having yeah if, if it's, it's really impacting from doing you your job preventing yeah. from getting out of bed and stuff like that potentially that's when yeah because i think everyone is slightly more nervous and everyone's being slightly more careful than they mm-hmm. normally are would be yeah slightly concerned day about. by day as well yeah yeah and again because like at the moment like obviously it's something that's in our minds all mm. the time at what at what point does it become problematic yeah at what point does it become <laughs> too much like yeah. You know, because I can still function, and yet yeah. every time I'm writing emails and whatever it is, and right. programs and delivering classes, I'm still thinking in the back of my head, mm. what's around the corner? You know. Yeah, and 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 I guess it's really hard as well because you kind of need to find with anxiety, it's quite difficult because you're trying to solve problems a lot of the time that haven't happened yet, and yeah. I think that's a part, a big part of this is recognizing what is in within within your control and recognizing what's not yeah. unfortunately we don't there's a lot of unknowns around yeah. everything and that's just going to fuel the anxiety isn't it yep. so you know as we sit here on the 17th did you say is it yep, yep. tuesday <laughs> the 17th yep. um you know we don't know what's around the corner really we don't know if there's mm. going to be a curfew or yeah. um lockdown yeah, yeah. Uh, so again if that does happen people are going to have to go to these websites and try and yeah manage it i mean I would love to sort of go into great detail about how to kind of manage anxiety day to day, but that's normally something I would do over six weeks and an hour a week. Because it's so, so, <laughs> so it is quite. I mean, we start with recognizing what's in your control, what's outside of your control, um, and then if it's something that's within your control, go and fix it. Like sort right. of problem solve it and get it sorted as yeah. soon as possible, so you can stop worrying about it. If it's something that you have no control over, it's more about kind of recognizing that and saying, okay. I can worry about this as much as I like, but nothing is going to change. So then trying to limit the amount of time a day that you spend worrying about it. So having a set time, having 20 minutes to no sit way. down. No way. Would yeah. you literally, you'd literally schedule worry time? Schedule worry time. Yep, absolutely. No way. What length of time would no you... No more than sort of 20 minutes. 20 half minutes. an hour absolute max. I presume, would you say that time is away from going to sleep at night as well <laughs> yeah, because so that's like bed. 20 yeah. minutes think, before you go to 1 bed 1am would be a great time to, uh, <laughs> to, to worry about that. yeah that's yeah. when my wife likes to ask like questions yeah. about stuff it's like oh I'm going to be awake with that now so, yeah, so I mean that, that's yeah. actually a really good point so yeah. people do naturally think about mm-hmm. you know the worries in their life before yeah. they go to sleep so any any advice around that obviously we've shared sleep advice before on here mm. but yeah. anything any specifics um I think the reason it tends to happen before you go to sleep is particularly people who are anxious naturally will keep busy during the day yeah. because they yeah. don't want that brain churn yeah, sort yeah, of yeah. going all through the day when they're trying to do other things. So do, do you busy. feel, Pete, I mean, you know, not that I'm judging anyway, but sometimes I look at people and they're on social media and I think mm. they're just scrolling through and they're trying to um, suppress something else that's going on in their yeah, mind. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. And I mean, we see this a lot with people with anxiety is that they are just constantly on the go. So they will constantly be, if they're not doing that, they'll be cleaning, um, just keeping busy on on social media, watching TV, if, even if they're not really watching it. Um, but they generally try to keep really busy on, on top of everything because it stops that kind of brain constant mm. go, go, go. Um, and then, of course, when you go to bed, you're lying there and you're like, ah, now is my opportunity to give you right. all of these worries that you've yeah. been suppressing so, all day. So, like, you know, it's a natural right. thing. You, you don't want to yeah. confront your, your fears or your... yeah your thoughts so um i, I really like that yeah, the idea of, of, of having worry time and could you would so to tie it to like exercise potentially yeah could you schedule 20 minutes of worry time walking yeah. and then 
come to the gym. Oh, right, yeah. yeah. So it's like you've thought about it or whatever, and then mm-hmm. you come into a group training environment. Everyone's frantically washing their hands and cleaning down. <laughs> yeah. But you schedule this worry time, then go in and train because we know time and time again that exercise makes you feel better yeah. and the releases the endorphins. Do you think there's a you know Absolutely. could that be a really good Refocusing activity. That's what yeah. we call it. Yeah. Refocusing activity. Yeah. Oh so my, I should be a counsellor. <laughs> You'd be great. You heard it here first. Yeah. Um, so yeah. So as soon as, because obviously then if you're if you're having that worry time to sit and worry about everything, yeah. You then have to move on from that, and yes, that's, that's difficult. The, top, the, the reset hard bit. button. Yeah. yeah. So going to the gym, cooking meals, anything yeah. that's kind of going to engage you fully. So you're engaging your brain, yeah. engaging your senses. Um, anything like that is going to help you then move away from that worry and on to something else yeah. so yeah working out perfect so if you can flick it something positive afterwards mm-hmm. then yeah you, so it's just about then you just need to sit to yourself and, and say I know that will make me feel good so that's when I need to that's I need to do, do that yeah the good and the bad schedule it in and five o'clock worry six o'clock workout is this something yeah. you, yeah, you think it. they should be doing every day or yep. yeah if I'm working with someone anxiety I say the, the sooner you do it like the, the, if you have a set time every day and you stick to it religiously every day the sooner your brain will start to recognise this is my time to worry and it will stop invading your brain the rest Elsewhere. of the time yeah yeah so and you could get it out of your daily life and, st- yeah. and then like it would then stop you stop you doing things yeah. potentially yeah so right. again piece of paper you're writing your thoughts down you're encouraging yeah. that yeah. yeah so we have diaries we yeah. love diaries with cbt okay. everything gets written down so what your worry is um how anxious it's making you feel whether it's in your control or not so we call that hypothetical or practical um if it's something that's outside of your control um then you write it down for later and you say right put that to one side yeah. i'm going to worry about that later at worry time and i'm going to go back to what i'm doing now and focus on that and then every time it pops back into your brain go okay it's written down maybe put a little tally next to it so i've thought about it again leaving it now going back to what i'm doing and you kind of this is the bit that's tricky so you yeah. have to be really disciplined and every time it pops into your head you're like yep yeah, got you no nope, not happening going back to this yeah wow. i love Until the mantra control time. the controllables is such a good yeah. good thing yeah. isn't it yeah. and it's like because you're not ignoring the worry you're, you're acknowledging, acknowledging it, it. Yeah. yeah and it's i always use the uh, analogy of it's like a toddler if you're busy washing up and you've got a toddler and runs in and wants your attention if you completely ignore it toddler's gonna go mental and start smashing mm. things and throwing things and bashing you and wanting your attention but if you run to that toddler every time they want your attention their expectation is that you will always Wait, engage with them yeah. yeah so same for a worry same for a worry Wor- worries are just toddlers <laughs> you just have to say to them i see you i'm busy right now but i will deal with you later and then you write it down and come back to it. That's a bit cuter, that is. <laughs> like, yeah. I love I've that I've just one. turned coronavirus into a toddler. <laughs> into a toddler. I feel yeah, much better. Right. Yeah. So one of the, we shared we shared a post um, on the 25th of February. Mm-hmm. Um, it just says, a four-step progress to help combat stress. Mm-hmm. So write, number one, write down precisely what you are worried about. Yep. Number two, write down all the things that you can do about it. Mm-hmm. Number three, decide which option you're going to take. And then number four, start one action immediately to carry out that decision. Is that kind of what you're yeah. saying? So what that sounds like is if that worry is something that you can do something about, yes. practical. Yeah. yeah. So we would use something very similar, yeah. seven yeah. step problem solving techniques. Right. And it is it's identifying the work what's the what's the problem, what can I do about it, doing the pros and cons for all of those things, pros picking your top right. three um solutions mm-hmm. and then planning them, carrying them out and then reviewing it afterwards to see if it's still still a problem. Still a problem. Yeah. So, practical again. Yeah, yeah but it's good though because then i guess does it feel like you're then actioning something and yeah. then it makes it smaller and less bad and this is the thing when you know people are coming in and it is a practical problem so um could be anything from i hate my job mm-hmm. um 
you know my worry is i hate my job but i feel trapped and i can't do anything about it um and it's like well can you not do anything about that if you hate your job are you completely stuck there i mean you might not have great choices Mm -hmm. but there's always a choice so actually going through and thinking okay well what could you do could you ask for a move could you ask for a new manager could you you know what's the problem there what are all your options and then going through them and saying okay well actually now i feel like i've got a bit more control of it which is what anxiety oh, kind of feeds man. on that not having that control so yeah God, mm. my brain's going like yeah <laughs> so um obviously the things outside of your control um mm. obviously you said yeah. you don't mind me, me talk, mentioning nope. about what you went through yeah. so um i presume you didn't use um cbt to get through that no i mean to be fair for grief um it would probably be um less of a cbt approach anyway it'd be more sort of more of a counseling approach so, just sorry just to interject right. is that so would you consider this the high intensity thing counseling or cbt uh no the your um, scenario your scenario um it would be different it, it potentially could be either depending right. on because obviously if I'd had counselling when I was much younger, yeah. potentially it wouldn't have then escalated into the issues that I had when I was older. Yeah. Right. So my main problem was that I got divorced and then that triggered for me all these thoughts around, I'm not good enough, Lost people me. leave yeah, me, yeah. I'm not worthy. And that kind of led to my sort of secondary bouts of depression. Right, okay. So then I found sort of talking through some of those things, I was like, well, actually, I, I'm not unlovable. I have got stuff going for me. Mm. I've got lots to offer. Yeah, I've got lots to offer. And that that kind of helped me to recognise, actually, it's other people's loss. If they want to go, that's fine. I can deal with that. Mm. Um, So I kind of then was able to look at that in a more objective way. So Mm -hmm. which was kind of CBT, kind of counselling. Yeah. It was counselling kind of helped me to recognise that by talking it through and recognising that this was a pattern that I hadn't even considered at that point. Right. but then it was kind of a more a CBT to kind of think about, well, actually, I can challenge some of those ideas that I have about myself um, and the situations that I've been in. So a bit of both. Yeah. Does that answer yeah. that? <laughs> sort of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. Gosh. <clears throat> yeah. I just, on the, coming sort of back to your, like, mm. your champion is for, like, men yes. and stuff like that. Is there is there stuff that you find that you speak to men about most? Is there, like, a That's really a good common... question, yeah. Is yeah. there really, co- or is it, again, it's completely case by case? It is quite case by case. Um, I do find that I, and this is just literal personal opinion, it's not necessarily um, carried out by, by anything else, but I, f- I find that men sort of really struggle to necessarily identify some of the emotions, but they recognise some of the physical symptoms. So they'll say, oh, I feel really irritable and really angry all the time and I'm really tired and I don't want to do anything. And I say, okay, well, what's going on in your brain when you feel like that? And like, nothing. I just feel really angry. <laughs> it's like, it's unlikely that there's nothing there. Yeah, yeah. But for, for whatever reason, I think men struggle to access that sometimes or maybe don't want to talk or don't about want to talk, it. Yeah. So for people with depression, we would expect some of those thoughts to be like, what's the point? I can't be bothered. Um, I don't want to do anything. I won't enjoy it. Um, people don't like me. People don't want to spend time with me. Kind of negative self-talk. Um, and yeah I, I find and this is literally just my personal yeah. what I have found is that people seem to struggle to sort of articulate that sometimes oh 100% like yeah. if I talk about like emotions that I feel yeah. I'm like happy sad <laughs> tired hungry yeah. sleepy that's yeah. kind of like, that's the limit that's the you, limit yeah. it's a tired that, and sleepy as well so I guess that, 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 that comes, comes up a lot yeah, yeah. 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 and sleeping everything yeah. but yeah tired and sleepy yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but like I, you know I would definitely struggle to articulate you know yeah you know words to describe how i was feeling mm. at any one time if it wasn't happy or sad yeah you know yeah 
So there's definitely, you know, and again, would speaking to somebody help with that? Yeah, and I think we need to be aware of that sort of as a service that ne- not necessarily everyone expresses things in the way we would expect to see it. Because yeah. I obviously, you know, when someone comes in and says, oh, yeah, I feel really tired and unmotivated and I don't want to do anything, I'm like, bing, depression. Mm. You know, I'm seeing that. But if someone yeah. comes in and says, oh, I feel really irritable and I keep arguing with my wife, it's like, okay, that could be a, mm. a loads of different things. So maybe yeah. we need to get better at asking the right questions or kind of highlighting symptoms that we don't necessarily recognise as obviously mm-hmm. um, so kind of yeah sort of want to talk to more men really about what they feel like yeah. they need and that's kind of what my my goals are within the champion project um, is to kind of get more sort of ideas from men about because like you said I'm not so yeah. kind of what do you guys what do you guys feel would be better what would help you kind of access services um, mm. what would make it easier for you do you know, it, it, st- it still worries me, obviously, that mm. the suicide rates is just... Oh, it's crazy, it? it is. Yeah. So, is the message not out there that there's people that, that can help, like yourself, or... what? what where, where's, the, where's the blockage? Yeah. What's go- is it men aren't willing to come forward? Is it they're in a... There's no before and after photos. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, potentially. I do, yeah, I do uh, think yeah, it's well that, Nick, that is a really good point. Stories. Why isn't yeah. there enough? Why isn't there enough success stories out there saying that I, I mm. confronted is it, my? Is it still because, you know, maybe this is ignorant. Is it still a little bit taboo? So yeah. someone doesn't want to admit across social media underneath a like, mm. you know, we're incredibly lucky that when people lose weight and get into a dress or yeah. a, a bikini or whatever it is, they they're usually want happy to, show, to be. They yeah. want to show it off. They're yeah. like, look what I've achieved. Whereas. You know, if I'd been through low and come to high through help, would I want the world to? Yeah, know? you're you're worried yeah. that someone's going to judge your character prior to what you are now, and and say you're less of a man or and less of a yeah. human being. And that's so. an issue because we don't talk about it enough. Yeah. Is yeah. that an, is that a fair? Definitely. I mean, I think I'm really lucky because my partner is one of the most open and unfazable, unflappable guys ever. And I ask him, well, you know, what would stop you? And he said, you know, I still wouldn't want. I still wouldn't want other people to think I was weak. And it's like, mm. I didn't use that word, but I won't use that word. Um, but, you know, is oh, that assumption? You know, <laughs> yeah. you know what yeah, I'm yeah, getting yeah. at? I actually do think yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so there is still that kind of fear of, of being judged for, for having a, a mental health difficulty. And I guess for me, like, take home is it, it's not a reflection on your character. It can be something simple as brain imbalance. Your hormones yeah. are balanced. You know, no it's yeah. yeah. It's, well, it? Nobody really knows what causes depression. It can no. be a million and one different things. Oh wow! There is genetic kind of links. So if you're if you have a family member who's had depression, then you may be more susceptible to it. Mm-hmm. But it's by no means kind of the one cause. Um, it can be triggered by sort of significant life events from sort of death or grief yeah. or job loss, those sorts of things. But again, it doesn't necessarily guarantee it. Um, so it's not really fully understood. And it can be sort of linked to, you know, antidepressants work by upping the level of serotonin in your so, brain. So it's brain chemical that, brain they, chemistry. that they deal with. Yeah. So it oh, is, right. it's a physical, it's physical in that way. Um, but it's it's completely handled differently. And we always use the um, analogy of, you know, if you broke your leg, you wouldn't just carry on <laughs> trying to get through. No, but that's what struggle man through. Do. A man would do it. I'm going to struggle through. That's the issue. Unless it's flu. Yeah, <laughs> that's a whole different thing. We won't, we won't, we won't get oh, to that. Did you see yeah. the coronavirus post where someone said, "What if coronavirus is just man flu?" And now you're finally realizing what we've been going through. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, that's, that's brilliant. I like that. Yeah. So I guess 
if, you know, if we can then get the message across to young boys yes. that to be a man isn't mm-hmm. macho, don't talk about stuff. So like yes. what The Rock's trying to say. Yeah. yeah. So mm-hmm. starting at schools, yep. at the young, you know, yep. there's no hope for me, I'm lost. <laughs> I'm, I'm the wrong generation <laughs> now, they've lost me. Yeah. No, I'm only messing. But, but starting earlier now, it's a little yeah. bit like obesity and stuff like that. If we can yeah. drill into kids, drill into kids, ex- show kids that it can be fun and we can start earlier and things like that, then as yeah. they grow up, it's, it's part of their life. So yeah. if we can get messages into schools yep. saying... It's, it's, you should talk about your emotions. Is it happening? I, I don't yeah. know. Is it happening or, or not? Or is it, is it? I don't think it's happening as much as it could be. Mm. I think at the moment it's still in that reactive phase rather than being proactive right. about things. I mean, things. surely it's costing the NHS millions, billions, I don't know, yeah. but a lot of money. So yeah. you would think it would be, you know, wise to, to, to spend get on a, it. Yeah, invest. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, so have you have, have you been into schools and, and spoke about? No, because we're generally an adult service. Adult service. Right. But I do think it's still something that is relevant to us. I mean, we do do a lot of outreach in the community. So um, Bedford College, we're in there sort of fairly regularly doing um, classes on stress management, mental health, de- recognising depression, anxiety. Um, I've recently started sort of interacting with various different rugby clubs to kind of get into that kind of men's sports dominated kind of area oh, wow. to try good, and yeah. you know generate the awareness there we have um champions in other areas so we have emergency services champions we do have young persons champion who kind of liaise with the young pe- young people services um to kind of link that up a bit but i do think yeah i think we do need to be more proactive in sort of stopping it at the root kind of getting into schools and things earlier youth clubs and and you know scouts everything to mm. kind of help people recognize sooner that they don't have to struggle through things it you know the support is there if they if they're aware of it and if they're happy to ask so other, other than the nhs what mm-hmm. other um where else can people go mm. um there's some really good sort of charities so you've got anxiety uk um panic uh i can't remember what the panic one's called stop panic stop panic so there's for pretty much everything there's somebody i mean for men campaign against living miserably is brilliant um if things are really serious then you obviously have support services like samaritans as well yeah um but yeah there's loads of but i mean to be honest we a lot of what we do is also signposting people so if people come in and they're looking for support and it's something that we don't offer um then we'll know the right people yeah to, to push the you know to sort of oh, sorry, to signpost them, signpost sorry, to, yeah, yeah, yeah. Bit, <laughs> push them away yeah. no no to kind of to yeah. sort of say this is a better and even if you know we talked earlier about okay well you know what if you were having anxiety in certain situations but it wasn't really having an impact on your life but you still wanted to deal with it mm. then there is still you know stuff that we That's can send point, to you yeah. Um, so you shouldn't be embarrassed about reaching out in in some capacity no but it is really hard because I still think there is a lot of stigma around it and kind of depression and anxiety but the more people talk about it the less it I know Nick you said it's taboo I I don't I think it's a lot we said a lot better than it was yeah and you know you hear the the word or the words mental health popping up a lot more than you did and yeah people are more willing to talk about it now I think definitely Mm. Yeah, cool. Well, we've done. Um, we've actually done over an hour. Wow, which is, it goes quick, doesn't that it? That's gone very fast. It goes really, really yeah. quick. But um, yeah, I'm sure this is something that we can do again, and um, we'll we'll share all the bits. Yeah, I've made loads of notes um, on, the, on the things, and we'll we'll get all the links. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so the the NHS one is uh, for the for our service. Yeah, uh, Bevisurewellbeingservice.com. Bevisurewellbeing. So, yeah. um, 
Great. Yeah, so I guess so take homes like to kind of like sum up again if people are if people are worried now mm-hmm. then sitting down scheduling worry time it yep. can be really good away from bedtime and potentially bookending it with something positive would be really good. Yep. In that worry time writing down the things that are like making you worry and then looking at what you can do and can't do and going from there. Yeah. If you are dealing with things that are preventing you from living your daily life then that's the time to yeah. reach out but even if you're having something that's affecting a small part of it that you're kind of just dealing with there's still options out there to have that helped and go yeah. from there we've spoke yeah. about uh, gratitude logs before as well I guess that's another powerful yeah. very powerful yeah it's kind of recognising what is good what is good and what's yeah. bad yeah. yeah big big thing um, yeah that's something that I think the step the higher intensity um, therapists work with more often than we do at step two um, but I think yeah it's, it can be a really good thing I love it. Great. Well, thank <laughs> you so thank much. You, yeah. hey, we'll make sure to put all the links in the in the show yeah. notes, mm-hmm. um, so people can go to the right places to to get help. And yeah, don't be afraid to don't be afraid to reach out. Cool. Yeah, I love it. Thank you for having Cheers, me. Cheers. No, you're welcome. Thank you. Thank <laughs> you. Wash your hands. <laughs>